You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to this beautiful celebration. I'm Father Kirby Longo. I went to Billings Central with Roy. It's our connection. So it's an honor to be here uh, witnessing uh, this great union of love. Welcome especially the families, uh, Roy and Kim and Leon and Kathleen, raised amazing children. You know, this, this celebration is one that's becoming increasingly rare in our generation. You know, we, we as millennials, we want our freedom, we want to find ourselves, we want to follow our bliss, you know, live our best lives. Roy and Aslan chosen the better part. You've realized wisely that clinging to one another and together clinging to God, that's the road to the fullness of life, to true happiness. You've done your prep, and you're ready. You realize all the sacrifices you're going to have to make for married life, and you chose it anyways. I want to correct that. I don't think you have any idea the sacrifices you're going to have to make to make marriage work. And if you think you figured it out, then good luck. But, but that doesn't even matter. That's, that's okay, actually. That you don't know what's coming because we as humans, it's, it's actually a great gift that we have that we can commit ourselves to a thing. We can commit to a future even though we don't know what's coming. Even when we don't have the full knowledge of what's down the road. It's kind of an amazing thing. You see it all the time in sort of great war stories when, you know, there's a group of soldiers standing behind the wall and they kind of look at each other and they say, no matter what comes through that wall, we're going to fight it. And then some freakish thing that they never could have imagined comes through the wall. But they, but they don't run away. They fight it because they already committed ahead of time to fighting that thing and to conquering that thing. And that's marriage. And I don't want to discourage you. That's a kind of a discouraging image, I guess. But, <laughs> but I, want to, I want to emphasize the mystery of the thing. You, know, you don't know what your life's going to bring, and that's a fact. But, you know, Roy, Iceland, you're super capable. You're talented human beings. You know, you're young. You're both good-looking. You know, you're well-educated. You're responsible, which is an extremely rare thing in our generation. You've traveled, you've experienced the world. You know, you've made friends from across the world. It's awesome. And all that matters because it does prepare you for life. You know, you've got a, you've got a good footing. But that isn't life. You know, life is the sort of unexpected chaos that comes at you. Life is that joy or that tragedy that sort of strikes you when you're not expecting it, when you're not prepared. You know, it's the sudden overwhelming you know, burden of responsibility that comes with having a child. You know, so many people here know that, know that experience. You know, no matter how many books that you read, instructional YouTube videos that you watch, you know, bringing a new soul into the world, or five, you know, if you're really into that. Uh, that's a wild and chaotic adventure. You, know? <laughs> you can't plan that out. And 
and it brings even the most talented to the edge. You know, joy and tragedy. I took a wilderness first responder course this past week, and they were putting together some sort of insane scenarios for us. And after one of those sort of crazy ones, we were asking, like, how do you, how do you, how do you prepare for something like this? And they basically told us, like, you got to have a plan A for everything that you do, a plan B and a plan C, and you got to be able to, you got to be ready to throw them all out, you know, and, and just trust what we taught you and adapt to the situation that you've been given. And, and that's what you're doing here. You're, you're entering into a sacrament, something that gives you the grace and the strength to face whatever life throws at you. And not only to survive it, you know, that's not the goal. As Christians, we aren't just trying to survive. We're living life to the full. And your marriage needs to be a bright light in this generation, a generation that's sort of forgotten how to love. You can't survive in a marriage in this world if it's lukewarm. That's why I'm really proud of you, actually, for dedicating all three of your readings uh, to sort of lessons in love. You, know, you chose a song of songs for your first reading. It's a great wedding reading. You know, if anyone thinks Christians are teetotaling prudes, you know, read the song of songs, man. And, and, and more Christians wrote commentaries on that book in the first four centuries of the church than any other in the scriptures. And why is that? It's because all love, even romantic love, takes on a totally new light, a totally new meaning in the Incarnation. And when Christ became a man, he completely changed the way we look at the world and the way we look at, at love. And marriage itself takes on a new reality when Jesus came. You know, what does that mean? It means that a marriage that's lived faithfully, one that's lived well, with selfless love, becomes a sign that points you as spouses and everyone who sees you to God. You know, and as you learn to love one another, as you, in the reading, set the seal of your love upon each other's hearts, you're sort of taken up into God's own heavenly love. Because the Song of Songs, that whole book, is fundamentally about God pursuing us. We're the lovers that he's pursuing. Because it's only about God's love that you can say something like, you know, stern as death is love. Relentless as the netherworld is devotion. Its flames are a blazing fire. Deep waters cannot quench love, nor floods sweep it away. Your love can look like this. But first, you must love God together. And then you followed it up with, you know, Paul's love poem from 1 Corinthians, which is undoubtedly the greatest thing that anyone has ever said about love. You know, and if we examine it closely, which we ought to do often, you know, we should come away first inspired, but then also convicted. You know, true love's not easy. It's not for the weak. And neither of you are weak. So let the demands of love and the demands of God sink into your heart and change you. You know, I think it's easy to be sort of swept up in the eloquence of that reading and not really not really remember what it actually means when you say things like that. So that's why it's one of my favorite quotes on love is from Dostoevsky. Uh, 
You can always trust a Russian to kill the party, you know. You know, he says, love in action is a harsh and dreadful thing compared to love in dreams. And that's what it's going to feel like a lot of the time. You know, like, selfless love for your spouse doesn't always feel good. But that's not the point. You know, listen to Paul. What does he say? Love does not seek its own interests. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. That's the spouse you want to be for one another. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no more noble pursuit in the world than to love as God loves. And Christ tells us exactly this in the gospel that you chose. Love one another as I loved you. So set your sights high. You know, live that great and heroic marriage that you're called to live. And show all of us millennials that living what is truly our best life you know, means giving our life away to one another in selfless love and then finding it again in God. Amen.